0: Despite Miami's mediocre record, is there a case to be made that Jimmy Butler, having the best year of his career, should be a MVP candidate? We debate that possibility. Plus, Heat legend Mario Chalmers had some interesting comments on former teammate LeBron James, and we continue the next round of our Heat culturist bracket on who has best represented the team throughout its history on today's episode of Locked on Heat.
1: You are locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Lemell. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day and for subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube. We've got Mario Chalmers stirring things up, and we update our heat culture bracket later on. But I want to start, David, with the MVP conversation and why we aren't talking enough about Jimmy Butler. Now, to be clear, I don't think Jimmy Butler is the MVP. All right. I'm just going to start with that right out of the gate. But we know it's going to go to Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, or Giannis. I'm not really interested in having that debate. We've had it enough. It's going to be those three guys, one, two, three, some order. We know that. All right. Uh, but I think it's worth having more of a holistic conversation about this because when voters get their ballots they're not just picking who wins right they're not even just picking the top 3 they've got to pick 5 guys they've got to pick 5 guys and maybe in in today we don't really care about you know if you're not number 1 who really cares everything's like all talladega nights all of a sudden if you're fir- if you're not first you're last but i actually do think like the top 5 of any given season is meaningful i think it's a, an important honor i think if you finish 4 or 5 in a given season that that is uh, I think that's something that you could put on a resume, right? I think that's uh, – it's a good snapshot of who the best players, the most dominant players were in any given season when you kind of look back at the history of the league season by season. So I, I think this – talk stuff-
0: about it, it with Dwayne Wade all the time. Those 2008 to 2010 years where he was waiting in between eras between Shaq and LeBron joining him as a teammate. We always point to those two seasons and say
1: he was a top five player. didn't win MVP, but he was right up there absolutely right and I think Jimmy Butler is having that kind of season where we need to have a real conversation about him at least being in the mix here because you know there's a bunch of kind of there's a bunch of national outlets like you know uh, that do sort of their MVP power rankings NBA.com has a very popular one it's called their MVP ladder and they list like 15 different guys on it and Jimmy Butler is not among the the names listed, and that to me is not among the top 15, not among the top 15. Um, I'll, I'll just tell you who they are. So, the top three are the obvious ones, and then you've got Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic at four and five, and those have basically been the five guys all year. But Luka, first of all, is injured right now and has been slipping before that. Jason Tatum is in a shooting slump right now, as good as they were at the beginning of the year. I think they deserve to be in the conversation, but I don't think by any stretch have they sort of locked down four and five on every voter's ballot? Like, they should not have. And it might be the easy thing for a voter to do, but I am imploring basically the voters to not just do the easy thing and actually look at some of the other names here. So beyond Tatum and Luca, the next five out that NBA.com does, and I kind of like this, it's sort of like the next five out on the bubble kind of guys, they've got DeMontis Sabonis, Julius Randle, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, James Harden, and Devin Booker, right? All great Great players having great seasons. James Harden
0: okay. is on there. James Harden is on there. How can you have
1: two MVP candidates on the same team? The five next ones that they list, like these are like honorable mentions. Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, who's played what, 40 games all year. De'Aaron Fox, Larry Marketin, who we all love Larry Markkinen, but for MVP, that's crazy. And then John Morant, so who's got his own things, but has overall had a very great season. And I don't have any problem with him being sort of an honorable mention here. But the fact to me that Jimmy Butler's not even mentioned is crazy. And is that just because the heat are have been sort of underwhelming hovering around 500 is more sort of negativity and confusion around the team than positivity considering that this was a team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals and the one seed in the East last year. I think that's a big part of it, but David, you even look you look at the standings like but the heat Dallas is, is barely above five hundred. Like the Heat are better than a few of
0: those teams with players that are on that list. So it has nothing to do with the team's overall record, which is often the 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 response in terms of like, oh well, right. that team's not winning. You know, you know that was the argument against Dwayne, as I just pointed out, two thousand eight, yeah. two thousand ten. No, they weren't winning a
1: lot of games. They were above five hundred, but just barely. But those well, teams were, part, yeah, those teams were were like actually bad though. You know what I mean? And yeah. and the the Heat well, are not what you wanted them to be but they're a playoff team. Like we're talking about still a, like a team that's going to make the playoffs. Like we're not talking about the best player on the Houston Rockets. When we talk about no, Jimmy, but why Ballard.
0: does, why is Luca exempt from this conversation? Like, I know he's been hurt, but they're one game above 500. Yeah. They have a like, worse record than a, the
1: Miami heat. The Phoenix suns he have he two guys on this list. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Now Kevin Durant, some of that's the Brooklyn stuff that he did, but I, that, that's a very confusing thing that we don't need to get into. But the Phoenix suns record, they're number four in the West, but they're 38 and 33. The Heat are thirty-nine and thirty-four. For all intents, they have the same record for all intents and purposes. But just because the Suns play in the West and it's a little bit more jumbled, and the Heat play in the East and it's a little bit more top-heavy, the Heat are a seventh seed, kind of right here in the play-in tournament, and the Suns are the fourth seed in the West. So now the Suns get to have some legit guys. And I know, and I—the other part of it is that the Suns are looked at as legit contenders, and the Heat are not. And I have no problem with that. But we're looking—we're talking about a regular season award here, so I just find it crazy that jimmy butler's not on this list at all and i haven't and not just pick on the nba.com list you know what i mean but i haven't seen him mentioned anywhere and most of the mvp conversation has to do between it's like Jokic versus Embiid. but Uh voters are going to have to fill out five guys and i really think jimmy butler needs to be part of this conversation and we've got a couple of weeks to make that happen
0: i I still think if it hasn't happened by now if there's no buzz about his name i don't think it's likely to happen anytime soon well let's get the buzz going that's what we're doing here no, no doubt. I just, I don't know how to shift that conversation because it seems like the goalposts are constantly moving in terms of promoting who your preferred candidate would be. Oh, well, he's missed a lot of games and he hasn't, or he's played and put up this kind of numbers and he hasn't. Like again, we're talking about Luka Doncic, great player. No one would dispute that. Puts up big points, doesn't play de- defense worth a damn, whatever. That doesn't really matter, right? In some, in some cases, he still puts up big numbers and he helps carry that team to victory. He's got a bad roster. Well, guess what? Jimmy's playing or has played alongside multiple undrafted players over the course of the season. Doesn't he get some kind of consideration for that? So I don't know what the, the criteria are, which is why well, I'm always at a ball this award. Yeah. Exactly. Nobody does. And, and you know what he needs? He needs like a smattering, at the very least, of 50-point games over the course of the season. Well, he, maybe, or maybe. A 40 point game, you, a 50-point game.
1: I, I don't think that voters are doing the homework right now. Nor should they, by the way. For for like fourth and fifth, like just wait until the ballots are due. Let the as many games get played as can be played before you make any of your decisions. So I have no problem with that. But I'm telling you, when you start looking at when these voters start looking at the numbers, the advanced stats, the counting stats, whatever it is, like Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler's name is just going to come up. So I have some I have some stats for you, and that that to me is what I think is going to get Jimmy Butler in this conversation. If he does, is that his advanced stats are unavoidable, right? They're unavoidable. He's on all the tops of all these lists. So here are the stats that I got. I'll start with just the raw stats. Jimmy Butler this year, 22.7 points per game on 53% shooting, 6.1 rebounds, 5.1 assists, 1.9 steals, which is third in the NBA. All right, he's got a 64% true shooting percentage. Uh, True shooting percentage measures um, uh, three-pointers, two-pointers, and free throws. 64% true shooting. That's better than Giannis, it's better than Tatum, It's better than Luka. It's right about the same as Joel Embiid. Okay? Like, that's just a fact. That's there. He's played 1,932 minutes this year. That's less than Jokic, Tatum, and Luka, but it's more than Giannis. It's more than James Harden. It's more than Devin Booker. It's about the same, again, as Joel Embiid. We could go advanced stats. So, like, a bunch of different sites kind of have these holistic things that kind of power rank the best players in the league in a given season. So 538, for example, has their Raptor statistic which takes factors in a whole bunch of other box scores and and things top like top ten he's fifth he's fifth estimated plus minus he's third estimated right. wins contributed Jimmy Butler is sixth box plus minus which is the basketball reference one that is widely used Jimmy Butler is fourth this isn't some guy this is not a stretch he is by all by every holistic stat that is valued when when voters do their homework he's top five in Literally all of them, and you look at the those advanced stats, those holistic stats. Jimmy Butler ranks better than SGA, better than Julius Randle, better than James Harden, better than Demontis Sabonis, better than Devin Booker. All the guys on the MVP ladder, Jimmy Butler, outside of like the top guys, Jimmy Butler is better than all of them in these holistic stats. His EPM is. <laughs> Third behind just Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic, who are vying for number neck and neck for number one. His estimated plus minus, which is a really great stat, I think. He's third by a margin. So when people start doing their homework, they're going to see Jimmy Butler at the top of these lists, and I just hope that their eyes Ooh, don't just skip that's a over. That's a huge assumption, though. That's
0: a huge assumption that they even do their homework. I don't get about it. I think some voters do. A lot of voters. I think voters it's don't. better than what it used to be. Maybe. I still think you're getting a lot of people who go with their gut. And the feeling, again, is that the conversation's already been fleshed out. I remember earlier in the season, it was a two man race between Jokic and Doncic. And of course, you know, I was at a point in time when Embiid had missed a significant number of games, and we weren't sure whether or not his, his long term viability for the season was unclear. Giannis was, you know, on an okay Milwaukee team that was kind of. Lower got the out rankings. Of the gate slow, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Tatum had had this incredible start to the season. Steph was so.
1: involved before he got hurt. Yeah, that's right.
0: So it's 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 fluctuated over the course of the season. But Jimmy's name has never been in there, and I think that's and the that, best but, co- question
1: to ask, though. Is like why well, is it? And that's because he's having his best stretch right now, right? Like I have no problem with Steph being in the conversation and then not because he got hurt and now he's out of the conversation. But before he got hurt, he was playing as people had him number one. You know, and look. I don't think that we should be even having MVP talks. Twenty games in the season—that's a little ridiculous on, it, on its own. But Jimmy Butler is having his best stretch right now, and he might be playing his way into this. And, and and again, I'm not advocating that he should be the MVP of the league. He is not okay. But four and five should be wide open. Number one through three is a lock. We know the top three guys, right? It's just in whatever order you figure it out. But four and five ought to be wide open, and Jimmy Butler should at least be on the short list when voters are going to do their homework and they're talking, even your gut, like Jimmy Butler has been playing great lately. And I think that's been national news, right? Like people have understood that he's, mm. he's playing great. And so I do think that, I don't know, like, again, there's no way to predict what the voters are going to do. But if they do their homework, and I'm not saying all of them do, but if 50% of these voters do their homework, they're going to see Jimmy Butler at the top of all these lists, these rankings, yeah. these stats, and they're going to and they're going to have to ask themselves, is this somebody that I should consider? And that's the thing that I just, I at least hope they ask themselves that question and they don't just kind of skip over naturally Jimmy Butler's name and just... Uh, do you want to carry just this monitor. conversation over? Yeah, in the, in the we the probably should. We'll let's do that and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about our old friend Mario Chalmers stirring things up. He legend Mario Chalmers. But before we
0: do that, just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up. Go Canes! And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's a bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line, to point scores, number of threes drained. Can a heat shoot above 40% again for the rest of the season? You can place a wager on that on FanDuel. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. That's FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.
1: Lockdown Heat is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so please do subscribe. We'll get to Mario Chalmers here in a second, but uh, just wanted to continue along this Jimmy Butler conversation.
0: Listen, I I, I love that we're bringing this up. We have had this episode last week to where we talked about him having his historically great season, perhaps the best season of his career. We talked with Rowan Nadkernian of Sports Illustrated about why the coverage regarding Jimmy has been so negative of late. And I just, I don't know. I would love to say that we have the kind of influence over media voters where he should be considered a top five player this season. And that's what we're saying basically, is that he's been between a number five and 10 best individual player this season. And I think that's fair. I don't think that's sure. that's ludicrous when you say it out loud like that. And yet it just remains impossible for voters to consider. And and it's just, it's a, it is a bias. And I've never really thought that there is a, a bias exists against Miami, but it's pretty clear in the way the team is covered no national TV games to speak of uh, the, the kind of look in a, in a world where you can have two MVP candidates and multiple defensive player of the year candidates on the same team, somehow Jimmy's, abilities get discounted his production gets discounted because well he's being led by a hall of fame coach and eric spolstra who again has never been considered for and, coach of the uh, year for some reason
1: right and well considered he was considered last year i mean that that was a little bit he's been considered but uh has
0: he? i mean yeah i guess realistically uh, he, yeah but,
1: he's been considered but um no i mean i think the other thing with jimmy is that people think of him as a playoff player not a regular season player and and kind of rightly so like i don't think if jimmy butler I put it this way. If the Heat aren't on the edge kind of teetering on in playoff position here, I don't think Jimmy Butler is playing the way he is now. He's kind of gone like 90% playoff Jimmy, right? We talked about that. Yeah. Right. And so if that – if playoff Jimmy isn't engaged in regular season games, he's not doing what he's doing now and playing himself into the conversation. And so I, I think people view Jimmy Butler as a guy who kind of saves it for the postseason and you don't really consider him for regular – he wasn't an all-star. Right, and I'm not saying he should have been necessarily an all-star, but he wasn't, because people just don't look at him that way. Um, I, but I almost think that the fa- if the Heat end up at the six seed, then maybe there's going to be a push. Like, oh my gosh, the, the Heat got out of the playing tournament. Like, that's the only way I can really see Jimmy Butler getting any kind of representation in terms of being on this list. And look, I just want him to be in it. I just want him to be on the top. Like, he should be over never Anthony Davis, happen. who barely has played this year. Like, never gonna should- happen. It's, I just want him to be on these lists. And it's just that's the thing that's so weird to me is to not even be in the top 15 on something like this is crazy to me. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Look, I mean, look, there's a great thread, and this is a conversation for another day, perhaps,
0: but there's a great thread by our friend Cooper Moorhead of Heat.com about why Bam Bio is not just a legitimate, but probably a very good candidate to be defensive player of the year. Like his minutes production, like like his defense, sure. the things that he does well, et cetera. I mean, you can go check it out on Twitter if you like. And yet I still think there's just he's just not seen that way. Like, oh, the the, the favorite, the buzz, Jaron Jackson Jr., fine defender. Nobody's taking that away from him. Statistically, right. Bam is better. Like like In some what statistics, was the argument against yeah. Bam? What was the argument against Bam last year? I hadn't played enough games. Well, guess how many minutes jared jackson jr bams he played the games so this year yeah season. well it's this crazy. year jared jackson jr has played as many minutes as bam did last year and yet there's already plenty of buzz about about uh you know jaron as a legit Jaren. defensive player of the year if not the leading candidate for
1: defensive player yeah. of the year
0: so it's just ridiculous that th- 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 so you think that, a, you think like that there's a you think there's an inherent that i'm not sure
1: yeah maybe Maybe I'm not sure um, right.
0: why why Heat players get discredited as widely as they do. They're, they're, again, last year Jimmy was putting up big numbers on the number one scene in the Eastern Conference. Oh, it's just Spo making the most out of what he's got available to him. All these other players stepping up. Nobody's particularly good enough. Well, and yet somehow they win fifty plus games. Now they're they're struggling to be a few games over five hundred. Jimmy's putting up MVP type numbers. To your point, it's like uh, oh, well, is he really? I mean, they're just barely above five hundred. So like. This moving of the goalposts—it's hard to quantify it as any other. Well, way. I, other I it do just think seems to be this kind of wide, this acceptance or every, acceptance of what Miami does.
1: Every year is different, so I don't know. I don't know that it's necessarily moving the goalposts. So I'll push back on that a little bit, just because every year is different. Because every year is literally different, and so the factors have to change with the changing seasons. But I do get what you're saying overall in terms of like, okay, games played mattered. Now it doesn't. Like all these things. Right, I'm with you. I'm with you there, 100. Um, I do think that Bam is actually in the mix for Defensive Player of the Year more than Jimmy Butler is in the mix for MVP. So. More, no, I'm just saying yes. more than you know, more than Jimmy. That's fine. Like it, but but if you're, by your but own voters point, don't you know, get Like Jimmy's five. not even a top 15.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: like like Jimmy's not even a top
0: 15 in Canada according to NBA.com. Like like James Harden cannot be an MVP candidate alongside another MVP candidate. Like that's just statistically impossible. And there's no again, there's not taking away from. What Harden does as a point guard and playmaker and everything else, and he's maybe more effective and efficient than a lot of people expected him to be. His defense is still pretty porous. So nobody well, that's seems the to thing care too. about I mean, that. James
1: Harden—he's having a great year for Philly. But to your point, he's—he's he's on the, a team with another MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The Thunder are fun they're good, but they're a playing tournament team at the best. Like at best, right. that's what we're talking about. Like Sabonis has been having a great year. I have no problem with him. Like I think Sabonis and Jimmy Butler. Those to me, those are guys that should be in the mix for four and five, along with Tatum and Luca. I'm not saying Tatum and Luca should not be in the mix, they were amazing to start the season. And the start of the season is just as important as the end of the season when you're talking about regular season awards. So I have no problem with that. But why not Donovan that, Mitchell? You know, like he's yeah. carrying a Cleveland team
0: to a top four, 70, seat, top five 71 team.
1: point yeah. game. Like there's just, I, I, I'm not really sure what's going on, but I do want to at least try to get the conversation started, at least here, at least locally, that Jimmy Butler. The push for him to be part to get on an MVP ballot, that should exist, and 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 I hope that when the voters kind of look at this stuff, they're going to see Jimmy Butler's name and at least just go, hmm, maybe. That's all I want because we're not even getting we're not even getting the hmm maybe part right now. Let's move on to Mario Chalmers, who's in the news saying that he wanted to take Ray Allen's shot at the end of Game Six of the 2013 Finals. He said he would have made it. Uh, He's out here saying that he called LeBron the B-word during a game. Uh, I'm not really sure why Chalmers is, is doing all these interviews right now, if he's promoting something or whatever, something like that. But, uh, David, what did you make of Mario Chalmers' comments?
0: I find it a little interesting. The shot, of course, we knew that he would be willing to take the shot. That's what got him here in the first place, that incredible irrational confidence. But the trashing of LeBron, like, I think what really was stood out to me the most about his comments was the fact that, he said that nobody around the league is scared of playing LeBron. And I think that's incredible because he witnessed LeBron at the peak of his powers when he was a two-time MVP in a four-year span with the Miami Heat, where he was inarguably the best player in the league. You can say whatever you want to about yeah. Derrick Rose and Dwight Howard or anybody else, but LeBron was the best player in the league with that four-year span. And yet somehow that nobody was scared of playing him. And I just, I wonder what that perception is. If he's not viewed as, ruthlessly ruthlessly as perhaps
1: Kobe Bryant or certainly Michael Jordan is heyday i didn't buy that maybe sp- i didn't buy that because based on everything about lebron people people were not like scared of lebron's presence i don't think because everything you you know we know in miami and then in, in other places like he's he's a fun kind of guy he he's kind of a a a light point in a locker room like teammates Good say teammate, he's a yeah. great joker and all this, like the opposite of michael jordan who like you just didn't want to be around based on the right. stories, right? You just didn't even want to right. be around him, um, and that was not LeBron. So maybe that's more of what Mario Chalmers was talking about in terms of nobody was scared of LeBron, but people were scared to face LeBron in the same way that I think the PGA Tour was scared of Tiger Woods at Tiger's peak. It was it was basically like is it it's Tiger versus the field, it's LeBron versus the field, and so I think that there was something there. Uh, I mean, LeBron owned the Eastern Conference for a decade. I mean, he, yeah. he, he was totally in the heads of Toronto, you know, the DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry teams. Like there is, there's, there's a lot of stuff there, but um I just, I don't know, man. I love all of it. I love that Mario Chalmers is just out here. Like, you know, who you haven't heard from in a long time, me, yeah. Mario Chalmers, the real goat. And he's just like, yeah. here's my opinions on LeBron and why I wasn't scared of him and why I was calling him the B word. By the way, I should have taken the shot, the greatest shot of all time. That should have been me. And I love that. They the interviewers brought out the, the the photo of him in the corner with his hands up, and he, yeah, like the only guy Falling who was unhappy ball. in that arena when Ray Allen made that shot sounds like it was Mario Chalmers because he saw Ray Allen's shot going. He, he probably, and that he probably went up me. to Chris Bosh afterwards,
0: it. and so, yeah. yeah, he probably went up to Chris Bosh and said, "You made the wrong pass after that rebound. You throw it to me." Oh, hit that shot! Not Ray, right? Not that one of the best shooters of all time. No,
1: it's great. I love Mario Chalmers. If Mario Chalmers, whatever, why? If you want to do more interviews, come on to Locked On Heat, man. Like I just absolutely. I, <laughs> we'll ask a week you long more. session. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Mario Chalmers, you know he's going to make an appearance in our Heat Culture bracket. Not today though. We're going to get appearances by Dwayne Wade and Eric Spoelstra when we update the bracket next. This is Locked On Heat. Reach Locked On Heat on Twitter, Instagram, email us, lockedonheat at gmail.com. Let's update the heat culture bracket in which the person who represents heat culture the most moves on. Last week, Pat Riley and Goran Dragic advanced easily. Andy Ellisberg upset LeBron and Shaq got the upset over Chris Bosch. Surprising one there. Let's see. That was what, all you. <laughs> that was all that me. Was all let's all see you, what uh <laughs> let's see what we have today. Our first matchup. Five seed Dwayne Wade versus 28 seed Sherman Douglas. We all know D Wade here, David, but uh, why don't you speak to Sherman Douglas's case?
0: Uh, Known as the Little General, not a very long stint with the Heat General, one of the earlier picks there. Kind of known as being a little burly, a little, you know, a little gruff. uh, Didn't shy away from the physicality. He was a different kind of point guard back then. Again, more of the floor general, but a little bit more physical. Just a guy who helped define a team that really lacked any sort of identity at the time, and, and you know, he was traded to the Boston Celtic, Wound up killing Miami a couple times during those uh, '80s matchups. There again, that was a long time ago. Early '90s matchups too. Uh, you know, it, it was a he was a good player during a time that I think a lot of younger Heat fans certainly don't even know existed. But he had a little swag to him too, and and he was it was culturally at a time when there wasn't any real culture. No, no offense to uh, uh, Ron Rossine or Kevin Lockery or any of those early coaches for the Heat, but he was certainly no, you know, he didn't play for Pat Riley. He was yeah. never here when Riley really helped develop the culture for the first time. So this is an easy landslide victory for yeah, D-Wade.
1: Uh, <laughs> but just, it was nice to revisit the Sherman Douglas thing. Um, D-Wade being a five seed, do you have any issue with that? Well, it depends. I,
0: I mean, I, I can't remember exactly how the other top four seeds shake out. I, I mean... Look, we're seeing some upsets in the tournament. I don't see any reason well, why he couldn't climb his way.
1: We've got Pat, UD, Spo, and Alonzo, I think, in some order, are the top four seeds, if I'm remembering off the top of my head here. So that I think Dwayne sense. Wade, if he never left for Chicago and had that half year in Cleveland, easily a top four seed. But he
0: did. Can't do that because because Alonzo left also. He left as a free agent, so... I guess that's... Can't true. use that argument. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a very different... Uh, but he's
1: now an owner for the Jazz while Alonzo's still with the Heat.
0: because <laughs> he it doesn't have but any... Sorry, sorry
1: D-Wade, you <laughs> get bumped to the five seed. I'm going to have a hard All time right. not voting for D-Wade, but you're right, he advances. All right, our next matchup, 21 oh. seed Karan Butler versus 12 seed Anthony Carter. So a couple of assistant, current assistant coaches and uh, pretty good Heat role players uh, in their day facing off t- here together. What do you think? This is a tough one. It is. A very
0: tough one. You know, I, I like the Quran the pick. He was only here for a couple of years, but considering his past, like, I mean... Tough juice. Everything that... Yeah. Everything everybody considers about UD and his upbringing. I mean, if you need to uh, get a refresher course on Quran's Caron, uh, 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 early adolescence, very, very difficult life. He was as tough as it gets. Uh, I love just the memory of him crying. As he was eventually selected 10th in that draft, he slipped a little bit after coming out from UConn and uh, just getting drafted by the Miami Heat and loving this organization so much at a point in time when they were, again, lacking a little bit of identity. Alonzo going through his kidney issues. The year before Dwayne
1: got drafted. Yeah,
0: yeah, the season before. He was only here for two years. He was there that year before Dwayne, the the year after Dwayne, yeah, and then he was included in that trade for Shaq in 2004. So. Uh, Always been a part of Heat culture. Always loved speaking about Heat culture. It helped define him as a player. I remember having really good careers, uh, you know, in Washington, Dallas, etc.
1: I remember talking with him. He spent, I think, it was just the one season in Sacramento, and this was the first uh, first Kings game I ever covered over at the old Sleep Train Arena, and um, I got to talk. and Karan was just like riding the bench. At that point in his career and
0: uh he's a vet on the end of the at the end of the roster and
1: the heat were in town and so i was living in in northern california at the time and i made the hour trip north uh to go cover that heat uh kings game and i remember talking to guys like d wade and ud about karan butler as a teammate and the whole story was just about karan butler being a great teammate and how much of a veteran presence he was helpful for with that young's kings team turns out he was not helpful at all because the kings still didn't make the playoffs but that was the you can't overcome bloody divas. Man. Yeah, there's only so much you can do. But every the way people talked about Karan, I mean, yeah. he is he is oozing heat culture. It's not a surprise that he made his way back to the organization yep. soon after retiring, and he's now on that bench. Ditto for Anthony Carter, man. Like we don't hear stories about Anthony Carter, but people love him. People love him. Undrafted
0: guy, him. like. He is part of heat culture, like in the way that a lot of people perceive it now. An undrafted guy who worked his way up there, was a playoff starter in a lot of those Knicks battles. Good backup point guard to Tim Hardaway, too. Like he was a tough defender, always made the right play, and perhaps his biggest assist ever. Was his agent not signing his extension in time in 2004? <laughs> oh, sorry, 2003, which allowed them to sign Lamar Odom with the suddenly freed up cap space. So I'm sure AC doesn't like talking about that because it costs him several millions and millions of dollars. But he helped Miami get Lamar Odom in 2003. And then eventually Lamar was able to help acquire Shaquille O'Neal yeah. in 2004. So, Spoiler alert, AC- Lamar Odom,
1: not part of the heat culture bracket. <laughs> Didn't make the top thirty-two. Um, <laughs> no, unfortunately. Sure. So, according to Twitter, our Twitter polls had Dwayne Wade uh, winning by a landslide. Ninety-six percent of people voted for Dwayne Wade. Four percent voted for Sherman Douglas. I guess those are Twitter trolls. Uh, we had eighty-seven percent of people voting for Koran Butler over Anthony Carter. Ooh, do you have Koran? Do you have Quran advancing here? <sighs> Not sure why he's a twenty-one seat and Anthony Carter's a twelve seat. Not sure how that works. Right?
0: I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Again. Uh... Man, that's a tough one. Uh
1: should we let the listeners break the I, I got, tie then? I, just go with Karan.
0: No, I have to I have to go with Karan. Yeah. I I, yeah. I think he
1: just he I'm feels the heat culture more. Yep. You know? All right. Next matchup. Thirteen seed Shane Battier versus twenty seed Brian Grant. So we have Brian yeah. Grant, uh early two thousands Miami Heat, Shane Battier, early uh, you know, the the big three era. All right, two years or three years there from two thousand Eleven and two thousand fourteen.
0: Um yeah, you know, three seasons, two championships, three trips to the finals, stayed on as a front office exec for a long time. And the thing that kind of I I'm I'm skewing towards Brian Grant personally. I thought you would. I just th- uh, I just think that Shane, Shane was Shane wherever he went uh, and he was a big part of the Houston organization. He's a big part of Duke. He's a big part of Detroit basketball and just the city's identity because he's from that area. Like he is, he is an entity unto itself, unto himself, uh, as much as he fit in to heat culture, I don't think he helped define it. Whereas Brian Grant was just this great worker who was not supposed to play the role that he did when he was acquired. He was supposed to play alongside alonzo morning he wound up replacing alonzo morning who of course could not play because of a right the issue yeah. playing undersized never forget the quote from yao ming who's saying after being guarded in a win over the heavily favored houston rockets that brian grant clawed his back up like a tiger just again feisty out playing like bigger players, just doing everything he could to help promote heat culture. They weren't winning a lot of games during that span. So it's hard to kind of, you kind of
1: overlook. Well, they went Ryan's to the playoffs while work. he was playing they center did. that first year with Dwayne Wade. Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, they sure did. So, yeah, I mean, that was a, that was, was my, a big part of the a team.
1: top five, probably even more than that heat team for me of all time. Was, oh, was top three. Yeah. Top three. That might be top three. Yeah. Um, I was ready to go with Shane Battier. 82% of the audience is going with Shane Battier. My argument easy, for Shane easy. Battier was that he kind of was doing the little things on those big three teams that oh, yeah. those Heat teams needed, and also Batioke. Um, Those were my two arguments. Ooh, uh, ooh, ooh didn't consider the Battiochi. But you kind of sold me on Brian Grant. Nice. If you want to go crazy. Brian Grant, I'll go Brian Grant, and we'll go against the I'll go Brian Grant. All right, Brian Grant advances. Brian Grant. Good job. 20 seed Brian Grant over 13 seed Shane Batteo. All right, final matchup of the day. 29 <laughs> seed Glenn Rice versus four seed I mean, Eric Spolstra. I, I've got one
0: jersey in my closet. It's a Glenn Rice. Uh, you know, I think uh, I, I was still I was pissed off at Pat Riley. Still am after having traded uh, Glenn g money rice in 95 to acquire alonzo morning i always uh i think i've recalled on a show a couple of times a a, a drunken uh, adventure in coconut grove one night long ago and seeing glenn rice walking with his former wife christina and accusing him or just coming up to him and say you gotta join the heat you gotta join the heat and he's like yeah yeah we're working on it, we're working on it and bummed out that it never happened so i always thought that there was a reunion there now he's part of the front office uh he's always going to be defined by heat culture i think um and yet Come on, Spoisms! Like you it's don't Eric get his culture without <laughs> Eric Spolstra. Yeah, I, I, like, I this love a tough, Glenn.
1: Tough break in the bracket for Glenn Rice. Yeah, who looks like well, Wesley has and a, 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 blade or in or this uh, in this photo, by the way. <laughs> the um, high
0: top fade—you can't go against it. Yeah. Uh.
1: <laughs> yeah, Spo moves on easily. Ninety-seven percent of the audience went with Spo over Glenn Burned Rice. The boats. Nothing against Glenn Rice, Burned but it's Eric. It's Eric Um It's 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 tough to debate him and take him down. All right, that'll do it for our Heat Culture Bracket update. Thanks again for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Ring the bell to get notified as soon as new episodes go up. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked on NBA. It's available on the Odyssey app youtube and wherever wherever you get podcasts david for joining me shout out to glenn rice